to episode number 157 of the Throwdown Thursday podcast. My name is Ashes Von Nightmare. You can call me Ashes Von Nightmare. I am your hostess with the mostest this evening or this morning, whenever you are listening. And I am super excited for this episode because we are going to get draggy up in here. In case you have forgotten, I am the Real Housewife of Transylvania, the Mistress of Merlot, the Michael Phelps of Wine, and the Queen of the Monsters. I am joined by my co-host in life and on the show, my best squirrel friend. He's angry. He's nerdy. He's not wearing a shark's shirt today. I have the necklace. You do have the the symbol of your people yes. on your necklace, so that that does count. I always have that on. I wear that every day. But it's Patsy, the angry nerd. Hooray! It's me. It's weird being on this side of the intro. It doesn't happen often enough. It, yeah, I know. You need to you need to host more often, especially on stuff that you like. You're an expert, and I am. Uh, a neophyte. I am an expert on like a lot of things. Not everything that we cover. No, but like a lot of things. Like if we did an episode solely about like, you know, Chardonnay grapes, like that would totally be, be you. Kind of reminds me of that scene in The Dead Don't Die. Chardonnay. Chardonnay. <laughs> we, of course, as always, are joined by our very amazing producer, Mr. Johnny Wolfenstein. Hello, I'm here. How, how's it going, everyone? Good. Well, I'm, I'm doing okay. It's a little toasty in here. It is a little toasty, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Like For those of you who have been to the, the studio, you know this, especially in the, the summer. But for those of you who haven't been, we're on the second floor. Uh, no, we're, we're on the sun. Yeah. As you go up the sun. it's fine. Like You're okay. Like The top three stairs... Yeah. Each successive stair is like an extra 10 degrees warmer than the ground floor. It, yeah, that's that's <laughs> completely accurate. <laughs> and then like you literally are fine, and then you break it into a sweat once you get to the top of the stairs. It's like that meme with like the cartoon dog sitting at the table of like, this the is kitchen, fine. and yeah, like everything's yeah. on fire, and he's like, this is fine. Every, everything is fine. Yeah. That's thankfully, we have this sweet AC unit in here. <laughs> I, I have the ability to remote desktop into my computer. I wish I could like set the AC to turn on before I got here, yeah. you know? <laughs> But, I mean, I still have the ability to do that. We set it for 40 degrees. It's awesome in here right now. (laughs) (laughs) So today we have a super cool episode. I am really, 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 really excited about this. You keep starting to say psyched and then, like, change it to excited. No, I keep saying super. I am excited. I am super. That's a excited. Sex-sided might be a, uh, that might be a good title. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'll get you banned good, in three good countries. Try. Good oh. try. Um, anyways, we are talking about the supermodel of the world. I am talking about RuPaul. I'm so excited for this episode. Did I mention that I was excited? I'm so excited. I think you said you were super serial. <laughs> super ethereal. Um, so anyways, our getting into character question for today is, who is your favorite drag queen? Aside from RuPaul, obviously. Well... I think we already decided uh, as we were doing our show prep that I would go first because I have a much shorter list than you do. Um, so my list 
is uh, it's only three long because I don't I don't know a whole ton of drag queens. I am familiar mostly with the girls from RuPaul's Drag Race, and even then, I'm not familiar with all of them. But there were a few that like really really stood out to me, um, and one as an honorable mention because. I think one of the things that really appeals to me about uh, drag queens is their names are puns and they have such creative names and I love it. Uh, perhaps my favorite drag queen name is uh, the super creative Bob the Drag Queen. <laughs> Purse first. Uh, She's legit. She was on RuPaul. I don't remember what she season. She won season eight. She won season eight. I was going to guess seven. But season eight. You know, Violet Tchotchke won season seven. I did like Violet. But uh, my, my three favorite, and uh, I don't know how I want to do this in order. I think, uh, I don't, I don't want to put them in any order because I just, I really like them. Two of them go together. But the first is Latrice Royale. Chunky yet funky. Yes. And I think that's what really got me. <laughs> like, chunky but funky. Oh, yeah. Like that. Plus, she was really good. Yes. She's really good. She's she's like more like your classic drag queen. Like when you think of a drag queen, she's a little campy, a little pageanty, a beautiful, but just a great personality overall. And to the point where like you were watching like one of the reruns or something and I went out and I, I walked by because I, I left the pet cave and uh, I came out into the living room and I was like, is that Latrice Royale? <laughs> And you're like, yep. And she wasn't in drag. She was just her regular non-drag persona. Her her boy drag. Boy drag. Okay. Yes. See, I don't know all the terminology. So, like, when I stumble on something, you're gonna have to have to, you know, make sure you uh, help me out here. I'll hold your hand. So, uh, Latrice Royale is one. Uh, then, again, I like the pun names. So, Sharon Needles. I really like Sharon Needles because Sharon Needles did, like, some of the really, like, creepy, like, horror-esque drag. And it was fucking amazing. Um, So she's also one of my favorites. And she is the winner of season four of RuPaul's Mm -hmm. Drag Race. And one of my favorite looks is the apocalyptic look that she did. And I think it was one of the very first... um, competitions of of that season and it was judged by elvira that's the one where she had no hair and everything yeah, so yeah. She was blo- and, and and then she walks out and she had like the, the blood, blood pills coming out of her mouth and then she oh bent my down fucking and she was just, like, god blood everywhere and it was oh my god so fucking cool it was gorgeous like right there i was like i hope she wins yeah i was she, like th- she had like the chain like I'm, i may be like mixing some of these looks together because a lot of them were like had this really like body horror aesthetic to them with like you know there was chains on one of them she had like long nails like yeah she um oh. yeah she's the one who just wore like the bodycon dress like the long yep. nude colored dress that was all dirtied and muffled up and she had like some some shoulder pads yep. going and then she did have like a head a, a small headpiece and she wore the bald cap, but she, I mean, like her makeup was just gorgeous. Yeah, like, an and then insane. whenever she went out there and then just start, and she was wearing like the colored contacts as yep. well. 
whenever she went out there and everyone's like, oh, like, wow, this is a great look. And then she just starts like spitting up blood. And you could see like Elvira just got really excited. And, you know, I, I got really excited as well watching it for the first time. Yeah, and like it's it one of those episodes. So that, cool. You know, it's such a great look that every time I see it, it doesn't lose its effect. It's just so great. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal. Now, another uh, rounding out my third is uh, one of the girls that actually was in a relationship with Sharon Needles. Mm -hmm. And she has hands down my absolute favorite fucking name out of anybody. And that is Alaska Thunderfuck 5000. You only like her because she was in the most recent installment of Sharknado. She was in Sharknado. The, she was a queen. Uh, when they went back in time, she was the queen. She Yeah, she was Morgana. Yes. Yeah, the sorcerer. Yes. Because uh, they were in like the Arthurian time. So I was a huge, huge fan of, of, of hers. Like her, her aesthetic wasn't as like macabre as Sharon Needles. Alaska Thunderfuck has definitely kind of come into her own. So she was on season five. So the season after Sharon Needles had mm -hmm. won. And it's not that her drag wasn't good, but it was it was like she was still trying to find herself. But she she knew drag and she was a huge fan of drag. And then she was on one of the seasons of All Stars. I think it may have been the was it the second season of All Stars? I don't quite remember, but she was on one of the, and, and she won, and it was clear why she deserved to be the winner, because she had completely amped up her drag, and again, like, her just, her love and knowledge of the subject is yeah. just incomparable, and she's, she's such a good, she's so entertaining. And not only that. And she came up, well, I mean, like, she didn't come up with, but, um, like, she made the catchphrase, hi! Super popular. Yeah, she was just, I really liked what she did. And like, you know, like you were saying, like she didn't quite know where she fit in at that time. But once she found her, her, I don't want to say shtick or gimmick, but once she found her, I, her drag identity, I guess is a better way to put it. She owned it and she killed it. Right. And like now she has a podcast that she does with Willem. Uh, that's it's called Drag Chasers, which is just hilarious. They talk about drag race and everything else. And if you know of Alaska and you know of Willem, they are a couple of shady bitches and they're hilarious. And I am I am proud to say that we own the uh, Funko Pop figures of both Sharon Needles and Alaska. We own every drag pop that they've come out with so far. Yes. So Hot Topic has been releasing these Hot Topic exclusive RuPaul's Drag Race pops. And I really hope that they continue to do so because they're fabulous and I need them all. I need them all. So you mentioned a couple of, of my favorite. Sharon Needles being like the utmost, probably like one of my top, top Well, because we share that horror favorite. aesthetic. Right. And I just really love her attitude. Um, when in doubt, freak them out. And she's just, I mean, it, you know, the punny name and pretty much everything about her I just adore. Um, another one of my favorites is the winner of season five, Jinx Monsoon. 
I live for her. Oh, yes. I say I live for her little Edie impression during Snatch Game of that season. Uh, Little Edie from Grey Gardens. It was just perfection. And she is also someone who has, you know, she went on to win RuPaul's Drag Race. But she has created this whole persona like of this, this, you know, cougar-esque jazz musician lush persona and i just love it i i eat it up um another one of my yeah another one of my favorites is actually the winner of season six bianca del rio oh yeah i love her she is such a smart mouth and again going back to the snatch game her judge judy was Perfection. Can you just for the folks who may not be familiar with what Snatch Game is, just give them a background because so, it's fucking my favorite part of the show. It's my favorite part too. Um, it's really a chance to let the the talent of some of these ladies shine. Um, so Snatch Game is very similar to the Match Game of Yonder Years. Uh, the Match Game was a game show where. Celebrities were on this panel and you had a couple of contestants and the, they were asked a question and everyone jotted down their answers and then the contestant would say, this is my answer. And then the celebrity guests would give their answers. And of course, they tried to make it funny and, you know, they had some great celebrity guests and stuff for the time and you know, so that's what that's what the snatch game is. It's a parody of the match game, and it's a chance for the drag queens to choose a celebrity to impersonate. Now, some of these girls already impersonate celebrities, like Chad Michaels does. Share um, one of my. I was going to honorable mention Chad Michaels because not only her share is just well, I- and she's also much older than most of the other contestants. Yes. Yes. Um, and Derek Barry did Britney and Derek Barry is a Britney impersonator. So um, whereas, you know, some of the other girls kind of fall flat. I'm looking at you, Alyssa Edwards and your Katy Perry. Um, you did redeem yourself, though, in the all stars. So uh, but yeah, that's what Snatch Game is. And it's one of my favorite episodes. And I look forward to it every season. And yeah, it's just it's a really good chance to separate the real entertainers from the ladies who just look pretty. Yeah, because it's not just... And I've learned this from, you know, from watching this show because this was, you know, Drag Race was really my first foray into, like, what drag culture really is. Because, you know, I've seen Tuang Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar, but that doesn't really give you as much of a uh, an insight into what drag is. Even well, the birdcage. And drag is a completely different monster than what it used to be. Right. So, I mean, looking at it, it's like you don't just have to. It's like, oh, I can dress up and look like a girl. Okay. Well, that's. But, you know, but, that's but great. That's, but, but there's so much right, more to it, is what drag I'm saying. Is, drag is art. Drag is political. It is expressive. It's entertainment. It's so many things. And that's one of the reasons why I love it so much. And, and anybody can do drag. You know, there right. are trans women who are drag queens like Monica Beverly Hills, who came out on one of the uh, seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race. You have Gia Gunn, who between her season and the season of All Stars that she was on, you know, went through transition. the tra- yeah, transitioned. You have Peppermint, who went on to season nine, I think, either nine or ten. I'm drawing a blank, but 
Peppermint uh, went on as a trans woman, you know? So, um, and, and women can be drag queens like creme fatale her instagram is fantastic and there's the and uh, and, and there are drag kings as well like tenderoni the uh the one that we saw the, the from america's got talent that one of our coworkers showed us oh prince poppycock no the dude with the beard the australian oh, I, I dude forget his i forget his but name. he's you know he's out there he's you know full drag but he's got also got this giant Beard, Right. Like there's so many different variations of drag. And I think that, you know, drag is all encompassing and it's embracive and it's shocking. Like if you aren't shocking someone, I feel like you're not doing your job, you know, like Sharon, which is why I like Sharon needles. Um, Yeah. So getting back to my list, I also love Katya from season seven. She's just hilarious. Excuse me. I should use her full name. Katarina Petrovna Zemologikova, but your dad calls her Katya. Um, she's hilarious, and I love the series that she does with Trixie Mattel. Uh, um, that's a great show. They play off so well with each other. Um, shout out to a couple other Rue Girls Detox. I really love the looks that Detox has pulled out, both on the show and yep. off. Um, I also really like her personality as well. Uh, the most recent season, season 11, I loved Nina West. I was really rooting for Nina West. Mm-hmm. She had the biggest heart and she was so campy. And that is my favorite type of drag. The drag that's silly, fun, and just emotion. And, you know, she embraced all of that. And she was so beautiful. And I was really heartbroken when she didn't make it to the top. Um, but she's done so well for herself uh, outside of, of the show. And she, she won Miss Congeniality, as, as she should have. And she's loved by so many. And the most recent winner of Drag Race, Evie Oddly, I immediately fell in love with. She was such an oddball. She was a weirdo. Uh, so it's she not had just a, a clever name. It, right. It's, it's really not. Um, and she just did... My, I, I love her aesthetic, um, kind of like the offbeat, uh, not pageanty drag. Um, you know, so the drag that's open to interpretation. Um, and she also has Ellers Danlos syndrome, which I love the fact that she won because it's bringing, uh, you know, representation and recognition to you know people with disability yeah, putting it into the spotlight right because there were times that and, and eds is actually what my sister has i'm literally wearing um, an eds awareness bracelet right now right uh so a lot of people saw her and i'm a part of a lot of eds uh support groups on facebook and they saw this and they're like oh my god did you know that there's a a girl on drag race right now with eds and she spoke about it in a couple of the more physical like choreographed episodes and you know there were times when she had to walk out uh, onto the the runway with a cane because she couldn't you know but but she she dazzled it up and she, she still did her thing and that form of representation is just so important Sorry to interrupt, but I don't know. So there may be other people. Uh, I don't know what EDS is. So EDS is Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Okay. And there are two different types. The one that I'm most familiar with is EDS hypermobility. Mm, okay. And what it is, is it's a connective tissue disorder. And it's a lack of collagen. So pretty much your body malfunctions on you. And there are other 
uh, symptoms and whatnot related. But the main thing is, you know, your, your joints pop out, your body gives out on you, your, you know, hips, subluxes, you crack a rib every time you cough. Um, it's not like brittle bone syndrome, but it's it's similar in the sense that you're you can't rely on your body to do what your body needs to do and it does start to affect your organs and stuff as well but mainly it's a it's a mobility thing and it's degenerative too so there isn't a cure there are ways to kind of alleviate some of the symptoms and whatnot and a lot of uh people with eds use mobility aids whether it be canes or braces or wheelchairs, wheelchairs um, which is hashtag got ramps. Let's make <laughs> America accessible for everyone. Um, for those of you who can't see, which is everyone, she's doing the hashtag. Oh, I, I did the hashtag symbol. Hashtag. <laughs> you have to do I'm it in not, front I'm of the mic. I'm not throwing gang signs do it in, in front the studio. Of, I get a little worried for a second there. <laughs> do it in front of the mic so people can hear it. Oh, my God. Can, can you hear me now? Um, so, yeah. <laughs> there you go. So, so anyways, I, I love the fact that she brought and, and EDS, uh, people with EDS, they're called zebras because they're few and far between. And they're like medical anomalies. Like a lot of times doctors don't recognize these symptoms or they think, oh, well, you're just faking it or, you know, well, this is a thing, but no one gets diagnosed with it. So clearly you don't have it. And it's like, well, no, some people do di- get diagnosed with it. And, you know, granted, it's not a lot of people, but people still have it and it's still a thing. And so the fact that she was able to kind of bring that to light is, in my opinion, just super important. Now, I kind of want to move past. I'm going to wrap this up in a couple of minutes. I kind of want to move past the Rue Girls and go into another show, which is super fabulous, called Dragula. It is the search for the next super monster. Um... It is hosted by the Boulay brothers, who I absolutely adore. They do more of like the Sharon Needles aesthetic of drag. It's horror, it's gore, but glamorous and pretty at the same time. It makes you uncomfortable and excited. Um, And they, a couple of years ago, and I believe the third season is coming out later on this summer. Uh, Fingers crossed. I know it's in the works. But the first two seasons you can actually find on Amazon Prime. So if you are interested in checking it out, I strongly suggest you, sh- you, you do. The production value for the second season is definitely way better than the production value of the first season. But both seasons are phenomenal. And the winner of season one, Vander Von Odd, is just fantastic he is artistic he's like a he's like a gothic uh sasha velour sasha velour won the 10th 10th season no she won the ninth season because aquaria won the 10th season of drag race um yeah she's like a a, a gothic uh sasha velour who uh, again is another rue girl i absolutely adore um oh and shout out to adore delano um but anyways Vander Von Ond is fantastic. The winner of season two, Bitch Puddin', is amazing. She does this Pete Burns-esque drag that just makes me want to cry. Um, it's just perfection. Um, there's a couple of other girls uh, not associated with TV shows, but who have killer Instagrams and are doing great things. One is a punny name, Patsy. I think you'll enjoy. Her name is Cake Moss. 
Nice. And she is thick and she smokes weed and she is fabulous. And her Instagram is just full of looks. We will definitely be posting, you know, like tagging all of these 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 ladies in you know, and the group so you can follow them on various social media and platforms. What's fantastic too is a lot of these ladies will also post some of their performances um, on Instagram. So not only are you seeing their looks, but you'll see posts from, you know, where they've been and what they've been doing. And they are so incredibly talented. I also want to shout out to, oh, going back to Dragula for a second, Victoria Elizabeth Black from the uh from dragula um she is also just excuse me phenomenal um her her looks are just uh, insane like they're so pretty but they're so uncomfortable at the same time it's like hauntingly beautiful and then going back to another girl who is not a rue girl uh is judas joe manson she is actually a lady gaga impersonator um she's also done selena and a couple of other uh drag personas but her main thing is lady gaga and right now she is killing it with these looks inspired by enigma which is lady gaga's vegas show that's currently going on and she does her makeup and she recreates these costumes and she dyes and cuts these wigs. And it's just so incredible what she is able to do, you know, with, with what she has. And she really turns it out. And not only that, her performances are just fantastic. I really hope that she's in the area at some point so everyone can check her out. Because it's almost like seeing Lady Gaga. But it's Judas Joe Manson. And to be fair, like a lot of Lady Gaga's looks are definitely well, I mean, like, drag-esque. And kind of going back to, you know... Ladies can be drag queens as well. Yes, Lady Gaga is definitely in that category. If you've ever seen one of her shows or one of her music videos, uh, she definitely like Lady Gaga is definitely a drag esque persona. It's even like the the lyrics of her song. She's like, "Don't be a drag, just be a queen." On Hanukkah and Halloween, I don't know if that's all. Of, I don't know if that second part is right, but it's close. But it's she close. does say, "Don't be a drag, just be a queen." So with that being said, we're going to up, wrap up, the, speaking of racks, <laughs> we're going to wrap up this segment, but uh, Shantae, you stay while we sashay away to this next break, and we'll be right back. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you <laughs> took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Lohan. If I had genitals, I would definitely 
actually buying her. Oh, wait. Is she a great big fan person? You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey shorts. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and TrickOrTreatRadio.com. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Ephes for Family, and you're listening to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. Good evening, future passengers. Are you ready to sit back, relax, and join us on a ride of epic proportions through the mystical land of randomness? Am I a serial killer if I eat Lucky Charms? What would it be like if horror characters ran a gym? Who would run spin class? When a shark jumps out of the water, is it like suffocating for that split second? So join us every week for a brand new derailment with Goobs, Ripkin, and Jenny Bean. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Derailers. And don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and also on YouTube. Have a great night or day, folks. There was a little black girl in the Brewster Projects of Detroit, Michigan. At 15, she was spotted by an Ebony Fashion Fair talent scout, and her modeling career took off. You better work. back that is supermodel of the world by rupaul now patsy in parentheses you better work you better work and also in parentheses official music video i don't know if that's part of the title uh no it is it is not but uh but anyways patsy when you think of rupaul what is the first thing that comes to your mind The parts of Drag Race where she is uh, sitting there with the panel of judges and it comes down to the final two and one of them is going to go home and some of those scenes are the most emotional scenes on television. And she's like, Shate, you stay. Oh, when they both stay. When they both Shate, stay. Shate, you both I have stay. Been, I have been <laughs> moved to tears more than once by the stories of these girls and the struggles that they went through growing up. And, like, you know, it's like, oh, my, my parents threw me out when I was 15. And, you know, you know they you know did this. They sent me to the conversion therapy. They tried all this stuff. And, you know. Like, all I've ever wanted to do is drag, and all I've ever wanted to do is be here, and I've given it everything that I've got. And, and then she's like, you know what? You both stay. Like, nobody's going home. Both. Oh, my God. It's heart-wrenching and gut-wrenching. And, like, you know, if you had asked me that five, ten years ago, it would have been something different. It probably would have been her... Uh, her sequined Confederate flag dress from <laughs> Tuang Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. Um, but now when I think of RuPaul, I think of that or like when she's sitting down and like doing the one on ones with the with the girls mm-hmm. like they're having having tea. Yes. And the girls are they're, they're spilling the tea and they're, you know, they're 
opening themselves up and like this is my this is where I come from this is who I am and you can just feel the love that RuPaul has for every single one of these girls that comes into her show like she may not agree with everything like may not agree with their performance their presentation but like you can tell that it it hits her right in her soul every time she talks to one of these people and that's something we'll touch on in a, in a in a little bit. When I but yeah, that's that's the first thing I think of. <laughs> yeah, when I think of RuPaul, I think of this big statuesque blonde in these Glamazon. glamorous dresses and a size thirteen shoe. She is over seven feet tall in full drag with the <laughs> hair amazing. and the heels and everything. Like she is a glamazon. She is the Zidane she... Chara of drag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that might be the title: <laughs> Zidane Chara of drag. Um, but anyways, I just think of this this just amazing perfect woman who commands any room and it's not because she's a glamazon it's 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 not because you know she looks pretty uh it's because of her personality her charisma her uniqueness who her, her nerve and her talent um so when talking about rupaul uh and and rupaul has actually been asked this in conversation interviews and whatnot what pronouns does he or she wish to be referred to as and she has been quoted as saying you can call me he you can call me she you can call me regis and kathy lee just as long as you call me (laughs) so for all intents and purposes because we are going to be talking about rupaul's drag persona we will be calling her she because that's what that's what I think of. Um, so RuPaul was born RuPaul Andre Charles, uh, born in San Diego, California, on November seventeenth, nineteen sixty. He was named RuPaul by his mother Ernestine Charles. The Ru R U came from the word Ru R O U X, which is the term for the base of gumbo and other Creole stews and soups. She wanted to give her son a very unique name. Now, when RuPaul was creating this drag persona, he always loved his name. So he didn't want to change his name. He just dropped the Andre Charles. Now, he has said in interviews that he kind of wishes he had taken a persona, like a different name, just for privacy purposes, because RuPaul is so unique. You don't know of any other RuPaul's out there. So when you see RuPaul is making a reservation at your restaurant, you're pretty damn sure that it is RuPaul. So he kind of wishes that he, you know, she had had, you know, made other arrangements as far as her name went. But um, she had a really hard family life growing up. Uh, her dad left when she was seven, but she credits the strong women in her life for her strong female persona. I, I do want to... You want to tell the story? I wanted, we were listening to uh, a little bit of stuff when we were doing our research this morning, and there's a story about how fierce her mother is, because I think that's definitely a, 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 an adjective to describe RuPaul as fierce. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
She had poured gasoline all over her father's car. Well, the mother, the, her husband. Yes. Had poured gasoline all over the car. And was threatening to light this motherfucker, motherfucker on no. fire. Motherfucker, I will burn this bitch down. <laughs> and I was like, that is so awesome. Like, that is definitely like when you see RuPaul in her full drag and her full persona. Like that. That's what I like. Yeah, I can imagine her in her full drag. Get up like. Heels and everything, standing on Not the hood, today, Satan. standing on the hood of a car. Like I will burn this bitch down, motherfucker! <laughs> like, oh my god! Like, yeah, that was fantastic. I thought that was an awesome story. Yeah. So, she grew up uh, raised by her mother and her three sisters, and like I said, they're such strong women, and that's who you know she credits to creating her female persona after. At the age of 15, she moved to Atlanta, Georgia with her sister and her husband. There, uh, she studied at the School of Performing Arts, although she never graduated, and worked at the family business of selling used cars for six years. By the 1980s, RuPaul began cross-dressing and was known to be a, quote, gender bender, performing at Atlanta clubs either as a go-go dancer or with her new wave punk band, RuPaul and the U-Hauls, and later Wee Wee Pole. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. RuPaul was a fucking punk rocker. And I've seen pictures of RuPaul's punk days, and it was fucking fabulous. Um, she also credits uh, the character of Ger- Geraldine from the Flip Wilson show. Yep. Uh, Diana Ross from Diana Ross and the Pips. No, that's Gladys Knight. Oh, and the that's Gladys Knight. Diana, Diana Ross, Ross and, and the Supremes. The Supremes. Oh my God, I'm horrible. And Sylvester from the Cockettes Theater Group yeah, as Sylvester being and Tweety, the, the heavy influences no. of her drag. She also participated in underground cinema, starring in the Star Booty film trilogy alongside her roommate, Lady Bunny, her to her, and DJ Larry T. RuPaul decided that she would make a name for herself before moving to New York by pasting posters and selling postcards of herself that said RuPaul is everything um, all throughout Midtown Atlanta. That's a good plan. Right? So in 1987, RuPaul officially moved to New York City, where she would become part of the burgeoning drag scene. She changed her image from punk drag to, quote, black hooker drag, her words, not mine, while in New York. She also quickly befriended several of the club kids, and that's where I know her from, where uh, she really immersed onto the scene. She was friends with Michael Alec, James St. I was just going to ask, did she Walt hang out Paper, with the... Paper, Richie Rich, Amanda Lepore. With the uh, um, party monster crew. Oh, yes, yeah. She Why is, wasn't she... Was she in the movie? Uh, her her music was used in the movie, um, but she wasn't in the film. I was going to say, I don't film. remember her in that movie, but, but that would have made um, it a thousand times better. If you see any of the documentaries about the Club Kid era... Blood on the Dance Floor? Uh, 
Blood on the Dance Floor. I don't know what the hell is it called? Well, Jane St. James' book is called Disco Bloodbath. Oh, and that's, that's what the that's movie what Party Monster of. is based on. Disco off Bloodbath. Of. I was close. Um, but if you've seen any of the documentaries of, uh, of this era that use found footage, you will see footage of, of RuPaul. And uh, some of it's a little. Because a lot of people are used to seeing RuPaul like fully polished and all made up. And, you know, her drag wasn't always drag in the late 80s and early 90s wasn't polished. It wasn't the, you know, bronzer. All of the other makeup that they use now, you know. Um, So anyways, getting back to it, she befriended all of those club kids and uh, was hired by Suzanne Barch to appear at one of her iconic parties. At this party, RuPaul would meet Michelle Visage, who would later become his on-air sidekick and one of his closest friends. And if you've seen Drag Race, not the first couple of seasons, but every season since, uh, Michelle Visage is right by RuPaul's side on the judging panel. Oh, and they are like oh, they're peas best, in a pod. They are best girlfriends. Best girlfriends. He can, uh, she continued to perform in clubs as a dancer and made appearances at Lady Bunny's annual drag fest with Wigstock in the East Village. Now, Wigstock is this, or it's been resurrected. Um, I forget the years that it was active, but it was, you know, I want to say for like a decade or so um, in the East Village. This whole outdoor drag, almost like a, a gay pride parade but more like drag centric and just fantastic and fabulous in a place where people can feel accepted and a place where people can just express themselves freely. And, you know, I think we need, I think we all need more, more spaces like that. Um, So her larger than life personality and eased on stage earned her so much popularity and she quickly became a staple within the New York nightlife. Before the decade was over, RuPaul would be hailed as the Queen of Manhattan. She also appeared in the B-52's video for Love Shack and I think that's where a lot of people recognize her from first. I feel like that's where they first got their taste of RuPaul dancing down this, this kind of like conga line in this big Afro wig and just letting it all hang out um so rupaul gained even more fame more like worldwide fame notoriety with the release of her 1993 album supermodel of the world the album's first single supermodel you better work reached the top 50 of the pop charts and number two on the dance club charts In 1994, RuPaul landed a modeling contract as the first face of MAC Cosmetics' Viva Glam line with his new, with her new Glamazon supermodel drag caricature. RuPaul became one of the first drag queens to enter the mainstream and has subsequently become an icon of pop culture. And I think that is the RuPaul that everyone knows today. This Glamazonian perfect statuesque supermodel and that's really the caricature that has taken her into you know infamy at this point like she is she's an icon um in 1996 she debuted 
her own talk show on VH1, and I actually remember this show. It was so much fun. Uh, called the RuPaul Show, of all things. It was co-hosted by Michelle Visage, and it was one of the first TV programs in the U.S. hosted by an openly gay person. Yeah, and that's, that's fantastic. Right? Like, a like, lot of people think, like, Ellen DeGeneres is, like, the first openly gay person to have a talk show and, and notoriety and whatnot. And it's like, no, actually, it was RuPaul. And the show aired for two years. So, I mean, it, it, it didn't run super long, but it was definitely enough to make an impact. RuPaul continued her acting and music career throughout the 90s and, and, and took a step back from the industry and moved to L.A. in 98. She released her fourth album, Red Hot, in 2004 and starred in the 2007 film Star Booty, which served as the fourth film in the Star Booty series. Now, obviously, she did a plethora of movies during that time as well. She was in Chu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar. It was just a bit role but oh my god did she make an impact you know coming down on the swing in her big beautiful blonde updo and this sequined confederate flag dress which is that's the thing i mentioned earlier because it was just like it's like wait a minute so you have a black drag queen wearing a confederate flag dress and look what you were saying like it's the shock value. It's the irony. It's the... When in doubt, freak them out. Right. Right. And where and were they in that scene? Were they not in, like, the South, like, Tennessee somewhere? They, um... Oh, I forget where the beginning of the film takes place. I know I know they end up down South because they're driving to another drag competition. Because they, and they go through that little town that has the Strawberry Festival. Yes. Yes, and they turn that town upside down. But anyways, this small bit part that RuPaul had, she made such an impact. And she's also had a bunch of roles in her boy drag as well. Um, RuPaul can pretty much do anything that she wants to can do. I, can I jump on that? Yes. Because one of the first roles I saw her in as an actress, or as an actor, yes. was in the Natasha Lyonne film, But I'm a Cheerleader, where... Her parents believe that she's a lesbian and it's just like, no, I'm really into cheerleading. So they send her to this conversion camp where she meets Clay Duvall and falls in love with her and has a relationship. So sending her to the conversion camp made her made her realize that she was into girls. Right. But one of the counselors is played by RuPaul. RuPaul is a counselor, you know, again, with the irony, RuPaul being a counselor at a gay conversion therapy camp. Which I just thought, I was like, that's phenomenal. Like, Mm -hmm. that's such a great way of, like, putting yourself out there and being like, I know who I am, and I'm going to show you how ridiculous some of this shit is for you people who are against who we are displaying ourselves and trying to express ourselves. I'm going to show you how ridiculous it is. Well, and what's fantastic, too, is RuPaul and Natasha Lyonne are still friends. Like, Natasha Lyonne has been a judge on Drag Race. Yes, and, and, that's, and I commented about that. And she's also been a guest on RuPaul's uh, podcast, What's the Tea, which is also co-hosted by Michelle Visage. Um, 
so yeah they're still friends like they still meet up and have lunches and you know support each other's careers and you know are, are in each other's life and you know, speaking of drag race it wasn't until 2009 when rupaul truly made her mark on the cultural landscape with the debut of rupaul's drag race a reality tv game show that first aired on logo the success the success of the show has sparked several spin-off series including untucked rupaul's drag U, and rupaul's drag race all-stars RuPaul has been noted as having a large part in RuPaul's Drag Race's continuous television success. By pioneering queer representation on television, many believe RuPaul to have essentially revolutionized the portrayal of the LGBTQ plus community on screen. He fir she first won an Emmy for her work on the show in 2016. And one year later, the show garnered eight nominations, including Outstanding Reality Competition Program for the first time in its 11-season run and a second consecutive win for RuPaul in the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Host for a Reality or Reality Competitive competition program um it's incredible how far this show has come and i'm not just talking about the season one and season two filters if you know what i'm talking about then yeah you know what i'm talking about um you know the production value of the show has increased the show has moved from logo to vh1 you know so it, it's it's gaining uh more popularity and more people are into it more people are investing in drag more people are you know recognizing drag as a form of entertainment and a form of art and it's just it's it's incredible um you know once people used to think that in the 90s that drag was just a fad but now people are starting to realize that it is truly a form of art and that it's here to stay and that it's gone through this whole evolution and will continue to evolve as we as people continue to evolve. If I can add something to that, mm -hmm. like like I was saying, you know, before the break, like I was not familiar with what drag is and, you know, I thought it was just, oh, okay, these people like to go and they, they dress up as women and they have, you know a good time and like they'll they'll do parties and like they're but i didn't realize you know and being able to watch this show and having the show has really like opened up my eyes it's like okay like these these ladies this isn't like i want attention and i want to be seen and i'm just trying to get my 15 minutes of fame it's like no this is their life like this is what they do like, they probably spend more on makeup than I spend on rent in a year. This is true. Like, it's phenomenal. The amount of work, because I wasn't familiar with it. It was never something that, you know, I was, you know, really cognizant of that never really crossed my radar. It's like, oh, look how funny that is. That guy's dressed up late. Robin Williams is dressed up like an old lady. Oh, ha, ha, ha. You know what I mean? Like, it was never something that I actually sat there and thought of, but, like, getting the opportunity like that's why i'm really grateful that you know i like to educate myself i don't like to be ignorant about things you know and this show because of you know rupaul's dedication to you know showcasing these girls and like the things that they had to, like i said you know you know i'm not i'm not exaggerating when i said when i've said you know i've been moved to tears multiple times 
because of some of the stories that these girls have shared. Like some of the things I can't understand how a parent would not love their child because their child is different. I can't understand why someone would be like, you know what? I was in the military and I don't approve of this. So get out of my house. It's like I would never do that to my child. It's like this is this is part of you. How can you just throw part of would you throw your arm away? Like, I don't understand. And it breaks my heart. But then I get to see them succeed on these on these big stages. And you see the love and the, and the, the I don't even want to say camaraderie because it's stronger than that. The bonds that they form with all the other girls, like they're in a competition, but at the same time, they are all there to lift each other up. They're all family. Yes. At, at the end of the day, they're all family. Yeah, they may sh- throw throw shade at each other. They may fight and argue, but that's what siblings do. They fight and they mm-hmm. argue and they throw shade. But, you know, at the end of the day, all of these ladies are still so supportive of each other and what each other's doing. And... You know, a lot of the, like you said, a lot of these these girls, like, they don't have family, but they're able to find their family within the the LGBTQ community and within the drag community. And it's such a beautiful thing to watch these 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 people, you know, just just open up and and not only that, just get comfortable with who they are. Yeah. Uh, RuPaul has a lot of catchphrases, you know, Shantae, you stay, sashay away, you better work, you know. Um, but one of the things that she says that I I it really struck home with me is if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? And that is something that she she says on on her show a lot, and she she said it you know before um, the show as well, being on the show, but it's definitely gained more of a, a, a platform um, with the success of the show. But I mean, that just really the first time I heard it, just really struck a chord with me. Like I I, I felt it, uh, and it wasn't just the fact that she was saying it. It would. Ha- it was. It was how she was saying it with with conviction. You know, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love somebody else? You need to learn to love yourself first. And I heard it, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" It's true. Like, oh my god! You know, the relationship that we have with ourselves is the most important relationship in our life. You know, and sometimes we don't realize that, and we as people are constantly growing and and evolving and. We constantly need to work on that relationship with ourselves. And, you know, I am only human and I have days where I don't like myself. And I realize that on those days are the days that I need to love myself even more. And RuPaul taught me that, you know, and and it's not about being the prettiest. It's not about being the smartest or the most talented or, you know, the best at everything. It's just about being true to yourself. Exactly. It's if you know who you are. And you know, like, where you are and, like, what your place is in the world. Then you can find that person, you know, if that's what you want. You can find that person that completes you. You will know that, you know, if you are in a relationship or you're looking for a relationship, you will know not to settle for anything less than what you're worth. Exactly. Exactly. And and if you don't value you... How is somebody else going to value you? Because you don't know your worth. 
You need to realize that you're worth it and then go out and conquer the world. And I mean, I, I, I love RuPaul. She's not perfect. She said some things in the past that are controversial, controversial. And, you know, I'm not going to go into that at this time, but I will say that when a celebrity says something, they have one of two options. They can ignore it and sweep it under the rug and pretend to vehemently deny it. And yeah, exactly. Try to pretend like, oh, well, I didn't say that. Um, or they can acknowledge that they said it. They can acknowledge that they are wrong and they can learn from it and learn, you know, ultimately educate themselves. And that's what RuPaul does. She's always learning. So she may think a certain way. She may say something and then, you know, you know, it's like, no, you're, 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 you're wrong. And she'll learn from it and move forward. And, you know, that's one of the things I love so much about her is her formidability. But at the same time, like she knows who she is. And I think that is why she has been able to have such a successful career and continues to have a successful career. Like we will be seeing RuPaul, for many, many years to come. And Decades we'll be, even. we'll be seeing RuPaul again on this show, I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. And not to mention, there is DragCon, both DragCon LA and DragCon New York happening once a year, which is this whole drag convention where drag queens that and drag kings. That would be awesome kings, to get to. And I really, I'm dying to get to the one in New York. Um, but it's, it's, it's just this platform where, you know, drag queens can meet up and they have booths and they sell their merch and, you know, pictures and autographs and what have you. There are shows and it's a chance for, for people to come and even other drag queens go and, you know, talk with other drag queens and just feel Hone like their craft right, you know, and, and feel like they're part of something bigger than themselves because they are. And I feel like this movement that we currently have is a movement in the right direction. I know there's, there's, there's a lot going on in our political climate, but you know, if we keep fighting, if we keep just trying to move things forward in a positive manner, you know, we can accomplish a lot and we, we can change the world. I agree. And RuPaul is a part of that. So. I'm just writing something down for me so I don't forget. Okay. So with that being said, we are going to sashay away to another break, but Shantae, you stay and we'll be right back. Hello. This is the Sasquatch, AKA Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunchers.com. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Well, hello there, neighborinos. The handle's Mr. Most Days Off, but my friends call me Miles. And I'm the host of the Best Darn Diddly Review Show. Hello, Mr. Most Days Off. <laughs> and that's my best friend, Richie the Kid, the co-host of Best Darn Diddly. Hi, ho there, podcast arenas. The Best Darn Diddly Review Show is a weekly journey through the entire Simpsons series, hosted by us, two guys who grew up loving The Simpsons. We discuss every diddly, every doodly, and every do! So lace up your assassin sneakers, 
put on your skin-tight ski suit, and head down the slopes with us at Best Darn Diddly. Stupid sexy Best Darn Diddly. You can catch us each and every Monday on bestdarndiddly.com. back gentlemen start your engines and may the may best, the best woman, woman win. win um i love her music her music is so positive and just fun and fun to dance to and fun to clean your kitchen to just saying so we had a battle last week we had our cgi shark down we asked you which cgi shark reigns supreme and you could choose from Sharknado, Sharktopus, Multi-Headed Shark Attack, or Two through six. Megalodon. And surprisingly, a lot of people chose Megalodon. I don't think that's surprising. I thought that shark looked amazing. It looked exactly like a prehistoric shark should have looked. So Maria from Outright Geekery said Malibu Shark Attack. Yeah, that's not bad. Ian Wallace from Amalgamania said the fact that someone made Sharknado and it's an actual movie will always give uh, will always give it my vote on anything. Why? Because any film that bad had to have come from the innermost thoughts of my kind of dysfunctional people. Nice. I kind of agree with that. My I voted for Sharknado. I still don't um, think it's bad. I don't call it bad. I don't think it's bad either. I think, you know, it, the same way I don't agree with oh this is my guilty pleasure movie it's like i don't believe in that i don't believe in guilty pleasures you should own whatever you like right like, the, d- don't feel guilty if you like it you like it that's why there's chocolate and vanilla exactly uh alex divincenzo from broke, broke horror, horror fan. fan said jersey shore shark attack and i posted a gif of uh south park snooki and uh meg duffy from frightfully clean yep Said, I am obligated to go with the Meg. The Meg, you know, that shark did look good, but uh, I, I said this, I believe, when I was a guest on The Dorkening this past Sunday. You can go check that out. It's posted, the, the video is posted in the group. Um, I think the shark should have been albino and it should have been blind because of where it lived, its original habitat. So. Wait, did I say it on that show? Or did, I, did we say it on Old Man Wade? We did a couple of shows this past weekend. So check out the, the Dorkening podcast from Sunday because I'm on that. But we There's both joined. Also, yes. We both joined Old Man Wade and Young Lady Maria on their show. Also known as The Valkyrie. The Valkyrie, yes. So uh, I, I'm kind of pushing everything together and trying to remember where I said these things. Check out both just to make sure that you get all your bases covered. (laughs) So yeah, Megalodon won. Kind of surprised, but not surprised. Like I said, I voted for Sharknado because I I voted for Megalodon. I feel like Sharknado was the film that kind of really kicked off all of these CGI shark Uh, films. Like they became the, the CGI shark films Became more popular. It really got after pushed into Sharknado. the. Well, there were all the. Me- there were others that kind of inspired it, like the Mega Shark series, like Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus, Mega Shark versus Croctopus. Crocus- oh, Crocosaurus. Sh- is that one? Crocosaurus. Yeah, Croctopus is my story. Crocosaurus. Yes, Crocus, starring Jaleel White, and uh, Mega Shark versus Colossus, starring Elizabeth Rome from uh, 
No, that was Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark. So there's four of them. That one had Elizabeth Rome, who played a DA on a, on a Law and Order. Shark. So. Pippet. <laughs> Pippet. So I did want to mention something real quick because this is actually a special episode. It is. Um, on the 25th of June, Throwdown Thursday, uh, we we celebrated our third anniversary. Oh, our little baby's three years old. We have a toddler. It's a we toddler cat. We have a cat. toddler. A podler. A podler. Oh, my God. So, yeah, this is our, our third anniversary show. It's a podler. It's kind of like a labradoodle. <laughs> so we're, uh, you know, we're really excited. Like, so we want to thank everybody who's been supporting the show and listening and, you know, giving us ideas and. Doing fun stuff. Voting in our polls and, you know, giving us, you know, we may not have come up with something, but somebody else thought of it. And, you know, we integrated into the show, like, you know, all these extra write-in votes for different sharks that you just heard. So thank you guys all for supporting us for the past three years. And here's uh, to several more. Yeah. Let's see if we can make it a teenager. Ooh. I'll be in my 50s at that point. That's not how... No? 12 more years. A teenage... 10. Yeah, well, I'm thinking teenage, 15. 13. 13. Like, you go from 12 to 13. Oh, hey, there's teen in the All right, name. so You're I'll a be teenager. 48 at that point. That's not 50. That's close. It's getting there. Let's round up a little bit, just a smidge. Listen, math... Got me into trouble the other day because I watched uh, I Am Mother. Do yourself a favor and don't do math at the beginning of that movie or else it'll ruin it for you. So just remember that. Don't do math. Period. At the the beginning of I Am Mother. Just don't do math. You'll be upset. I ruined the movie for myself by doing math. So don't don't do what Donnie don't does. I'm too pretty to do math. You do math every day because you're a science. No, I tell my boss that I'm too pretty to do math, and he just laughs at me. And then hands me a calculator. (laughs) And then I do math, but yeah. Stand by what I said. But anyways, we have some really great stuff coming up. Um, Some great guests in the works. uh, Some awesome. Yeah, we're working on some stuff. Some interviews and things. Yeah, some awesome content that we're getting for you guys. Uh, So definitely stick around. And some interesting new updates that uh, hopefully we'll be able to announce within the next week or two. Yeah, we have a lot of exciting excitement going on. Yes, yes. And um, if you are in our area... Or in the Rhode Island area, there's a big Halloween in the summer. I forget the name of the event exactly. That's really cool of you to try to promote an event that you can't even like remember the name well, of. Well, it's we're gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna post the event in the group, but it's like there's it's, this thing going on. So if you live near me, can I you, get a ride? If you can get to Providence <laughs> on July 20th, it's in the evening. It's a uh, like a Halloween summer extravaganza 
put on by extravaganza oh extravaganza eleganza extravaganza and uh there's gonna be a lot of horror people including uh hopefully one of our upcoming guests is gonna be there it came from the 508 studios they're gonna be there promoting their uh it's called Halloween in the Summer. It's at the Shelter Arcade Bar in Providence, Rhode Island. It is from 7 p.m. to midnight on Saturday, July 20th. So I was like 90% there. Um, so it's can't wait for Halloween. Now you don't have to. Join us at Shelter Arcade Bar for our Halloween in the Summer party. Oh, maybe I'll go as a drag queen. Oh, you could like your makeup is like, you know, on point enough. Right. Like, but yeah, we'll be there. Um, and make sure you check out the guys from uh, it came from the 508 studios because they're going to be there selling the Blu-rays of their movie. One last kill, which we have and have yet to watch. So we have to remedy that. But uh, we're hoping to have those guys on the show. Uh, and they're the stars of their movie, The Box, which comes out in August. So. Hopefully we'll have them on in August. So that's one of our upcoming things. So we got a whole bunch of that stuff going together. But yeah, um, I don't know. Do you got anything else? No. Um, I just want to thank everyone for their love and support and listenership and friendship. Tolerating us and, for three years. Right? Toleration uh, over the past three years. It's been a lot of fun. And hopefully we can continue have fun and improve ourselves and do some really awesome stuff moving forward yeah and we'd like to take you guys along with us yes and uh as always if you have anything that any any characters that you want us to cover any thoughts that you have please uh send us a voicemail or a message on social media call me beat me if you want to reach me if you want to page me it's okay i don't know what that is Kim Possible theme song. Oh, I never watched that. You ever watched Kim Possible? I, I think I watched With the Rufus, knockoff. The Naked Kim, Mole Rat? Kim Probable. Kim Probable, yeah. So, but uh, I think with that, yeah, being, with that said, being said, we, we will see you next Thursday. Thursday.